Hello and welcome to Just One Corneto, a Green Up Morton podcast. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Morton Forum. All of our panellists appear in a personal capacity and as such, any views expressed are personal to them. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Titan Spice Rum is inspired by Clydeside heritage and another Clyde's incredible scenery. Their carefully selected aged rums are infused with Scottish raspberries, golden syrup and exotic spices. Titan Spice Rum is blended using the finest Caledonian water whilst retaining its spiritual Caribbean DNA. Titan Spice Rum and Titan Orange Rum are available to order today. Visit titanspiritsltd.com to secure your order. Titan Spice Rum Reggae Retro Hello and welcome to the Just One Canetto podcast. I'm your host, Craig Dunning. So, Friday night saw Morton travel to Arbroath, hoping to end an 11 match winless run against their hosts. After a dominant first half performance, Morton went in at half time 1 0 up after George Oakley gave us a lead in the 28th minute. We failed to add to the lead and Shauna Dark quite equalised after 78 minutes after an error by Brian Schwocky. Morton did have a chance to win it with an 88th minute penalty from Ali Crawford, but Derek Gaston pulled off the save and saved the rebound as well. Uh, joining me to discuss the game is Louise Rogers. How are you, Louise? I am not too bad. Obviously, a bit frustrated after the game on Friday night. But yeah, apart from that, I'm okay. How are you? Aye, not too bad. Aye, like you say, still a bit scurred from that. Um, aye, it's the <laughs> a point that our both might not be a bad result in isolation, but it's the way you drop points. <laughs> so aye, it's, aye it's really right on. kind of manner that it happened in, isn't it? Aye, exactly. So one change to the start of the uh, Grant Gillespie came in for Calvin Miller. Uh, what did you make of the team selection? Um, I was quite fine with the team selection. Um, I thought we kind of played well against Partick, but we have been kind of missing Gillespie in the middle. He just adds that wee bit of protection in front of the defence and <clears throat> he also dictates the play as well, um, which we've kind of missed in the midfield the last few games. So yeah, I, I was quite quite pleased with the starting 11. Um, obviously, Oakley's just kind of banging them in just now. So um, you want to see a partnership kind of building with Muirhead and Oakley just now. So yeah, I, I was feeling re- really confident um, going into the game on Friday night after I tear the team. Yeah, I definitely think Brian Gillespie back in was the right thing to do. I think you saw, particularly against there, but to an extent against Partick as well, that teams were picking up the lack of space we had uh Sorry, uh, the lack of presence we had in midfield and, yeah, exploiting the space that gave them. I think particularly against there, they targeted that as a weakness and I don't think that's on any individual player. I think that there was just a lot being asked of Blues and Robbie Crawford with, with the way we were set up in those two games and I, I think we definitely needed that more natural holding player in. I think particularly with our growth being the opposition, when you look at both the games our growth have won at Capolo, Mm-hmm. to a large extent that was down to them taking control of the midfield so yeah I thought Gillespie back in was absolutely the right thing to do and yeah I would say again like after the Aiden Partick games you could you could have made an argument for maybe Ali Crawford being the one to drop out instead of Calvin Miller but I, I don't think I don't think Miller could could have any complaints about about being the one to drop out I think he was he had two really quiet games so I I think that was that was fair enough and then it's a very good first half performance, and I uh, you can say that that's justified the team selection. If only we could have taken more chances. Definitely, yeah. the The first half is probably the best we've kind of played 
Um, certainly within the last kind of couple of months anyway, um, the amount of chances we had and it was a really nice ball into the box by um, Robbie Crawford into George and it was a really good finish and you can just really see he's enjoying kind of playing for us and his confidence is absolutely sky high and just makes you wonder if we'd had him all season where, where could we have been at this stage but yeah, I thought the first half was great I thought we were solid at the back um, midfield was looking good, Gillespie was dictating the play and um, you, you kind of seen how much we've kind of missed him the last few weeks when he's been injured as well. So, um, I it was it was an enjoyable first half, and I was kind of I was going to say to my nephew at the game that we I could see us winning about two or three nil here, but I kind of stopped myself, and and then and then I'm kind of glad that that I didn't say it out loud to him. But um, <laughs> had plenty of chances, and obviously going into half time, you're thinking right, we we can kind of come out here and and really um, get another couple of goals, but obviously that never never happened. Yeah, I think that, yeah, there is a point to be made about Oakley, uh, just how well he's done. So that's six goals in his first eight games for the club. That's the best goal scoring start a player's had at Morton, if you're looking at league games only, since Peter McDonald's uh, first season at the club. He scored seven in his first seven games. He then actually didn't score again after that for about five months. But uh, so <laughs> let's oh hope God, Oakley doesn't that doesn't happen this time. time. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. Um, but no, it's it's an absolutely terrific uh, scoring record, especially coming in when he'd played that little for Inverness. He probably wasn't even fully match fit when he first joined. And to really hit the ground running like that, he has been absolutely fantastic. And I, for all that, like the rest of the squad, he's maybe a bit deflated with dropping points in this game. You'd hope he's still got that confidence to sort of keep scoring at this rate for the for the remainder of the season. And yes, hopefully uh, you know, we can score against clubs who aren't Queen's Park and are both. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's mad how he scored that many goals, but it's only just against the two teams. Like, I wonder if that's actually a record anywhere. Yeah, I, I couldn't be bothered to try to check that. No. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I would be very surprised if it isn't. Uh, but yeah, I like you say, I thought the first half performance was very good. And I, we've had our chances and should have built on it. Uh, we should have been more than one goal ahead after that and I thought the second half sort of carried on much the same way. Uh, you know, our growth maybe did sort of get a bit more solid defensively second half themselves but we still had the chances to extend that lead and, and I we should have had that game buried after an hour I'd have thought just the and it, it's no one player I think there's been so many chances there that I about four or five different players could could have made it 2-0 but I it just never quite happened and then you saw the you saw the consequence of that with with that equaliser Aye, the second half again, probably the best we've we've played in a while, and we had obviously Cameron Blues. He had an opportunity, and um, there was a couple of chances as well. And obviously, when they scored the goal, it just came from absolutely nowhere. Um, obviously, we'd made the kind of sub at that point, um, so the kind of defence and midfield was a bit a bit kind of mixed up compared to what it was. So I don't know if that maybe plays a part in it, but it was just so poor. Um, I, I don't. I genuinely do not know what he was thinking. I don't know why he didn't just grab it, push it away. I, I just honestly have no idea what what his thinking was behind it. And obviously, it's turned out to, to kind of the, the game's kind of panned out the way it has due to that error. But yeah, it, it was an absolute shocker. It, it was an absolute howling mistake, to be honest. Yeah, and it is a thing. Where, it's been a thing with Schwaki that he quite often like, has a trait of mm-hmm. sort of like just try to push the ball away rather than catch it with crosses. But that is such a basic, like, trundler into a goalkeeper's mm-hmm. arms that 
yeah, you can't understand what he's even trying to do. Like, it's just an absolutely simple take. And yeah, look, I think um, there's maybe been some level of overreaction to to it in the sense of yes, it is an absolute howler, and it's not the first howler that Schwarke's had. But at the same time, I still think over the piece he has been a good goalkeeper this season. And I mean, for, for one example, I saw someone saying that. Schwaki's no better than Ramsbottom, and sorry, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Please, <laughs> yeah, I not quite. Um, yeah, but yeah. You ultimately it has cost his points, and I do. You can debate whether when you're in the position as manager, Emery should maybe have a bit more composure in his post-match interview and not quite go through him when he is still such a young goalkeeper as well in the same way. But you can totally understand the frustration, and you never know. Maybe it's not been a heat of the moment comment from Emery. To, to single him out like that. Maybe it has been a genuine, I'm saying this to try and get a reaction out of him, as opposed to just letting his emotion get the better of him at the time. Yeah, I mean, obviously emotions were quite high on, on Friday night. Obviously we'll get on to towards the end of the game and stuff, but um, I, obviously, I was at the game on Friday, so I wasn't aware of kind of Dougie's interview and stuff till I got back in and I watched it back. And I do think it was a bit kind of unfair what what he said about him because he, he's, he's probably had more good games than bad games and he's he's pulled off some kind of world saves throughout the season as well whether I would maybe I don't know if the errors kind of overshadow then kind of good moments as well and it'll obviously be interesting to see what he does in the next game goalkeeper wise but I do think it was a bit harsh and I think probably when he looks back at at it over the next few days he'll, he'll maybe kind of realise it maybe wasn't the best thing to say about obviously a, a young goalkeeper kind of new into the game um, comments like that will probably not do his confidence much good but it could be on the flip side and it could actually kind of push him on to be a kind of better better goalkeeper going forward Yeah I think you have to hope that's the outcome because I, I don't see any realistic prospect that he's going to drop him and give Green a shot I think at this stage in the season we've still got so much to play for Schwalke's your established first choice, and yeah, that is an absolutely shocking mistake for a goalkeeper to make. But I think it would be a like colossal overreaction to to drop him. So, I yeah, you just have to hope that it doesn't knock his confidence further, and I he takes that as motivation to sort of rebound and get back on form. I do think, and this is obviously just the, the nature of being a goalkeeper. Like, yeah, you mm-hmm. have to keep your concentration up, like Emery said, and yeah, when you're a goalkeeper, one mistake can go so much further, but. I did think, to some extent, it was maybe harsh to to for Emery to make the contrast of, oh, well, there's that one mistake, the rest of the team have been superb. Because, yes, look, I get that it's an absolutely basic piece of goalkeeping. And, yes, goalkeeping errors are different from any other players' errors. But I, I don't think it was like there were no other mistakes uh, by individual players mm-hmm. in that game. I know you can't compare like one miss sitter to uh, one goalkeeping howler that costs you a goal in a game that you go on to draw one each. But you, you look at some of the chances we've missed in that game and right so I think it would be unfair to say for, for all that Cammy Blues has to has to bury that that chance he had and it's a it's also an excellent save from Gaston yeah you, you, you can never say that you know I Cammy Blues has contributed contributed to his dropping points to the same extent that Brian Schwocky has there however uh, Ali Crawford didn't just miss one sitter Ali Crawford missed a sitter in the first half a sitter in the mm-hmm. second half a penalty and the rebound off the penalty. That's, uh, yeah, I think it's actually maybe harsh to say that, even say that Schwock is more responsible for, for us dropping that point, dropping those points than Ali Crawford is. Because, yes, I, I do get it. It's, you know, you, you expect your goalkeeper to, to make that basic save. And if that happens, I we keep a clean sheet. But we had 
plenty of more chances to win that game and four of them fell to one player. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I did think, I know it's very easy to scapegoat a player after they miss a penalty. Players missing sitters happens, players missing penalties happens. But that's been four starts Ali Crawford's had in one sub appearance. And yeah, I thought his debut coming off the bench against Gove, I thought Ali Crawford was excellent that day. But mm-hmm. that's four games since, and I make that six fantastic chances he's missed over over those four games. His finishing has not been nearly good enough. And to us, I don't think his performances have been good enough. Like I say, I know it's very easy to scapegoat a player who misses a penalty. I'm not saying Ali Crawford had a bad game on Friday night because he missed a penalty. I'm saying he had a bad game on Friday night because I thought he was the weak link in our attacking play. There were some good individual moments, like the winning the free kick before the penalty was mm-hmm. you know, an excellent you know, bit of play. But generally, I thought there was far too often simple passes were going astray. I've, I've, I've said enough about his finishing already. And I do think I was very surprised that he, he was still on the park by the time we got the penalty because Robbie Crawford was our best player in a very good team performance. I thought Crawford was head and shoulders above everyone else. And then for Robbie Crawford to get subbed while Ali Crawford with very little coming off for him remains on the park, I was really surprised at that. Yeah, I, I thought Robbie Crawford was outstanding on Friday and we were all kind of quite surprised at the game when the board went up and his number was on it. Um, I thought he would have stayed on. As you say, I thought Ali Crawford would have possibly came off. Um, Obviously that chance in the first half, I think he had a very similar one like that against Queen's Park where he was kind of cleaned through and um, missed it. But I I just don't think he should have took the penalty. I, I think it should go to the, obviously Grant Gillespie was off He's your natural penalty taker. Next one you give it to is Robbie because he, I know obviously the one against Cove, it hit the bar and went in, but he still took the penalty and the, the conclusion of that was it went in the net. Yeah. If it's not going to be Robbie, give it to the man who's on form, give it to George, get him to take it. Um, Obviously people miss penalties, that's, fa- that's fair enough. And it, it was a decent penalty to be fair, but the rebound, I mean, we, we thought it was in. Like me, me and my nephew, we were kind of starting to semi-celebrate because we thought, oh great, he's heading it in and that's it. But we were just like, what on earth has just happened? Like, Why why did he not just absolutely thunder that ball into the net, like in the rebound? And then I think at that point, at that point you just knew it wasn't going to be our night. And then we had the chance at the end as well with Robbie's free kick and then Dara scored the goal, which I have no idea why it was, it was called off. Um, but yeah, very frustrating. And obviously, I was lo- I was looking back on the telly, and you seen Dougie couldn't really look at the penalty going in. And I, I mean, I don't know if that was a premonition or not, but um, I don't know who decided to take the penalty, whether Dougie decides it or if they decide amongst themselves. But you you could just tell, like you just knew it wasn't going in. And <laughs> when you feel like that, it's it's not it's not a good feeling to have. Yeah, and. Aye, for all that, I don't think you can take anything away from Derek Gaston. It's still an absolutely terrific save to get himself back up for the for the rebound like that. Yeah. But put that header anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, just go for the far corner. Go for you know, go for a bit more height in it. He's put it in the one direction where he gives Gaston a chance of saving it. Yep. Aye, it's it's, it's, it's an absolutely shocking miss. And I know uh, no one's looking at Ali Crawford for his aerial prowess. Um, he's <laughs> I know he's about five foot four, but <laughs> come on, like, like that is that that is an absolutely dreadful sitter. Like it's missing Aye. that rebound is far worse than having a penalty saved in the first place. 
yeah, we, I think we were just in a bit of shock with what had happened. Um, <laughs> like, you were just expecting it was going in and that was it because you thought, oh, he saved it. Oh, the rebound's out. Oh, great, he's going to score it anyway, but not. And then obviously they cleared it well when Robbie was trying to come in and, and put it in the net as well. So to be fair, it was really good defending and stuff for them, but it was just so dire from us. Like, it just it's just not good enough. And I think Morton have kind of set a standard this season compared to other seasons where um, we have been playing well, we've been getting the wins, picking up points, um, when you see that on Friday night, um, it's just not not really acceptable. We played really well and we were brilliant the whole game, but things like that, I mean, it, it's just poor. It is really, really poor. And it could come at the end of the season if we miss the playoffs by one or two points. You can look back at that game and go, well, that that could have been the game that, that could have got it for us. Yeah, I think that's the big source of frustration because uh, you can put things in perspective and say, Actually, a point that Gayfield is not the worst result in the world. You can say there's a bit of a, an overreaction to dropping those two points, but it's when you play that well and still somehow contrive to not win the game. It is just so frustrating. And I think everybody clearly felt that same frustration himself. Where, you know, you look at his interview, you look at how things maybe boiled over at full time. And mm-hmm. in his interview uh, with, uh, with the club, he said a couple of times, that that's the lowest he's felt in his time at the club, which after a mm-hmm. after a point, I think after a point away from home, to be saying that tells you, I he, he's feeling that that same frustration as well. And I, I I do think yeah we do need to have a bit of a sense of perspective here of look we're still only two points off of Partick. It's not like the top four is gone on on the back of this, and we still the, the fact we played we played well should be a. A sign of encouragement that we can we can repeat that level of performance, but I it's just so frustrating when you've gone three without a win. And again, obviously that the air game's really disappointing. But coming back from two down to get a point at Queens Park, very good result. Mm-hmm. Drawing the Partick in isolation, not a bad result. But I it is just that mounting up of now we're four without a win again, and especially now that we don't have a game next weekend, and you're just sort of left to stew on that for for two weeks. If we go and win that game. You're ab- you're absolutely buzzing for that two weeks to to fly by, and you know you you're feeling really confident that we are going to push on and finish in that top four. Now it's just added to like this feel maybe it's like feeling of halting momentum that we're you know, we're, we're scrambling to play catch up now. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because we've played all our games now and we're up to date, and now we're just kind of sitting about waiting to see what everybody else does. And to be fair, the results did slightly work for us yesterday. We partook and Dundee drawn against each other, so. Um, in a way, a point's not too much, too much of a kind of bad result this weekend. But it just means that the next game against it's Inverness, isn't it? First of first of April. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just means that game is is even more bigger than than it probably was before. Um, because now we really need to start picking up the wins and um, kind of get back into back into the groove of things again. Yeah, I think that's it. When you've got when you've got seven games to go. I it's we're gonna have to we're gonna have to win our home games now. When you look at the points total we're on, you look at we've got some tough away games in there. We're away to air, away to Dundee. If we're gonna end up in the top four here, we need to be winning our home games. And I that that Cali Thistle game on the first of April is gonna be absolutely massive now because you, you go into that with you know, say we draw we draw in that game. All of a sudden you're sitting five games without a win and your next game is air away. And mm-hmm. in that scenario, bearing in mind that Errol have made up their game on hand on us by then as well, yeah, you, you could be looking at, well, failed to beat air and 
they're realistically uncatchable by that time. And I know we're getting a few games ahead of ourselves there, but aye, we're very much in the business end of the season now. And like we said, yeah, okay, you've got to have a sense of perspective. It's still been a good season no matter what. But the fact that we entered this season expecting that we were in a fight to avoid relegation and we've actually ended up in a chase for the top four isn't a reason to throw our hands up and just shrug it off. We have a very realistic chance of making these playoffs and aye, it's going to be very frustrating if sort of daft drop points cost us like Friday night did. I know, and obviously looking back at like Doogie's interviews straight after the game and the kind of club interview on YouTube and stuff, he looked really emotional and, and quite angry, like almost passive-aggressive passive, passive aggressive sometimes. Like It's just um, maybe that's going to build that bit of fire in his belly now and we're going to maybe see a different a different kind of side of things now because he was saying things that we want to take the club as far as we can go and things like that and I don't know maybe Friday night's just kind of up the ante a wee bit with him and if he said that's the lowest he's felt then I, I think we'll probably see um, that they'll be really kind of fired up for the, the next game and you kind of want it to happen now rather than having to wait the two weeks but maybe the two weeks is, is going to give them that wee bit of rest and it should hopefully and leaves in good stead kind of going into the, the last few games because as you said af- after that we've got Air away and then we've got Dundee away and I mean them two games can really kind of sum up what's going to be happening to us towards the end of the season as well Yeah so yeah I, I know we're two weeks away we don't know exactly what's going to be happening is Katongo going to be fit but I would look into that Inverness game now would you be making changes to the starting 11? Um, if Jai is back I would bring him in because I think we've kind of missed his pace and his um is we've kind of missed that kind of wing, winger play at the side as well because we've not really had that since he's been out and I think it would be it would be good to have him back. Um, I wouldn't really make too many changes. Um, if I was bringing Jai back in, I, I would probably put Ali Crawford on the bench. Um, you could argue that McGratton should probably be getting a, a look in, but um, if it was just kind of Jai coming back and we keep the same sort of back four because I think kind of Waters Waters had a good game on, on Friday night I thought that was kind of one of his better games as well and yeah. um, we've got that kind of solid midfield as well so you, you could argue McGrattan coming in as well but it'd be good to have Jai back because he just he just gives us something different and there was a couple of chances that happened on Friday and I kind of thought well if Jai was on he would have probably got that or would have got a cross in there but I wouldn't make too many too many changes but um, we definitely need to kind of go over strongest going forward I would think Yeah I think th- there is the argument you can make that well even though we've you know, ended up dropping two points the, the the way we've controlled the game is is a reason to, to stick with the same 11 but I do think when when it comes to Ali Crawford when he's been that wasteful in front of goal and for me I think he was sort of the weak link in attack yeah I, I, I would uh, be putting whether it's whether it's McGrattan or, or Katongo Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I would be I would be dropping Crawford to the bench for that. Um, I we can uh, we we go over it most weeks about the the statistics of Lewis McGratton, and uh, I think every Morton fan's pretty much aware of it now. But I that that on Friday night has carried on the fact that we have not won a game since August in the league, um, where Lewis McGratton hasn't started, which is absolutely mad. And yeah, there's a, there's obviously a lot of other factors and in individual performances and tactics that have affected that. But I think it still shows you that he's a player who's got a big contribution to make. And I, I'd, I'd hope that at least if he isn't starting, he's going to get a decent amount of time off the bench rather than not even getting on the park when we, when we need a goal. Mm-hmm. 
But aye, that should about do us. So, uh, Louise, thanks very much for joining us. No problem. Hopefully next time it'll be it'll be a, a nice one we can discuss. <laughs> Here's hoping. And thanks everyone for listening. Well, that's the show, folks. Remember to check out themortonforum.com for the latest Morton news, discussion and articles featuring the excellent match photography of GBR photographs. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and we'd love to hear your feedback or questions on any of our social platforms at The Morton Forum. This is an important message from the Tale of the Bank Credit Union. Remember that we are here for you. We share this message often because it's important. Don't get hooked in by loan sharks. Avoid the pitfall of debt solutions. Stop, take a breath and consider your option. Tale of the Bank Credit Union are Inverclyde's credit union. We are non-profit making and put our members first. Call us for a confidential chat before falling into the trap of high rate lenders or debt solutions that aren't right for you. Contact us via creditunioninverclyde.com by phone on 01475 734 655 or via our social media feeds and see how Inverclyde Credit Union can support you to save, borrow and plan for tomorrow.